UX Jobs Podcast. Let's go. So you're a designer. You've been sending out resumes for, I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden the phone rings and it's someone who's looked at your resume and it is the initial phone screen. What do you do? Well, you find out who, what their name is. That's a good place to start. What else? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Let me, let me step back. Anytime that that's happened where I get the call, usually I get the 50,000 foot pitch. You know, we're, we're, we're interested in this. We have this thing. It's amazing. It's going to be great. Uh, you know, what are you doing now? And I think that's the point where you either indicate that you're, you know, looking what, what you're looking for. Are you looking for full time? Are you looking to contract? Uh, what are you interested in? Because otherwise they'll just, it, you know, they'll kind of reel you in to do what you might not want to do. So I think putting your own wishes out there in the phone call is, is good because that helps screen down and it may, it may not be the right opportunity. So it's better to get that out of the way faster. You know, it's like a speed date in, in a sense. Well, as an independent consultant with lots of experience personally, I mean, I use that to vet potential clients. Mm-hmm. However, if you're brand new, whether even if it's not the right thing, I say go for it because you get the opportunity to have an you know in-person interview experience. That's true. I, I keep forgetting about that brand new lens. If you're brand new, start having coffees with people. Say yes. Go in to talk and meet to interview because it also is practice. You know, I think there's practice in the the, the skill of design, but there's also practice in the communication of of what design could do for that organization or that individual and like what you would bring to that to help them figure that out. You schedule an in-person, the phone screen gets a plus or a yes or a check mark and you show up at the in-person interview, which depending on the company could be eight hours, right? If you're Google or Microsoft and it could be multiple days or it could be a small startup where it's maybe two or three hours or you meet multiple people uh, but you show up at the in-person. How do you now, as an experienced designer, how do you manage that entire experience? What do you What do you do? What do you bring? Well, you want to bring some work. You want to bring your laptop um, and be prepared to jump around. I think that one of the common uh, mistakes is to to present something really, really linear without letting the person who's interviewing you take you down these other directions. Being able to 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 be flexible with that discussion is important, I think. Uh, also, like a genuine enthusiasm for just being there and having the conversation. And I think thinking about it like, like yes, it's a job interview. Yes, you want to be professional. But thinking about it as like, well, here I am interviewing them too. So what are they all about? Just being a good listener in the interview, I think, is, is also important because they'll probably bring in a bunch of different people. Um, that have their own stake in the project or the organization. What, what kind of preparations do you, do you recommend before you show up? Well, I think it's good to know who the people are that you're, that you're going to meet. Uh, so maybe look them up and see you know, what got them to where they are. And then maybe if you, let's say it's a company that wants you to do an app or wants you to do a website, like really look at that product and have your own perspective and your own point of view on where you think it might be going or or if there's an opportunity to make it better because you know people are people want to hire you because either there's an opportunity to optimize something but usually it's something is broken and they need it fixed 
especially for junior people, right? So they want you to fix something that's broken or they want you to be directed by somebody who has identified that something needs to be fixed or broken. So I say like researching a little bit about where the company might be right now or where the product might be right now is a good, is really good. It shows that you, you know, you're coming prepared with that knowledge base. When I've hired designers and, and I says, one of the questions I ask them is, what do you know? What can you tell us about our product? What do you know about us? Yeah, there and, you go. Yeah. And when they don't have any information, I'm immediately put off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one of the things that I do, I, so I, if I, if I get a phone call, find out, okay, about the company, find out what they're trying to do. Do they have designers currently? Because if you have designers, why, why would you be interested in, in talking to me? And so I get that information right up front. And then if I do decide to meet in person, do you get nervous? I don't get nervous anymore because I know mm. that the interview has nothing. It's not about me. But right. before I show up, I'm on Crunchbase. I yeah. research what the product is. I look at where they got funding. Yeah. I look at what they're trying to do with the product because ultimately at the end of the day, they're hiring me as a resource to help them meet their you know, quarterly goals so that they can have right. the, pro- the product they have today will be better tomorrow. And I'm, I'm going to be part of that growth. So when I go into an interview, for me, I think of it in terms of a conversation, yeah. not in terms of I'm sitting there and you ask me questions about my resume. I mean, that may happen, but I don't even let that happen. Yeah. I immediately go into talking about, tell me about your product. What problem are you trying to solve and why are you looking to hire more design resources? Right. Or why do you want to talk to me? <laughs> why do you want to talk to me? And and one of the questions that, and this is like the tough one, which I love to answer, is why should we hire you? The default young, a new designer answer is, well, I'm passionate about it, design and I really think that you have a neat product. And it's, it starts to sound like, Charlie Brown's mom, you know? <laughs> right. And the way I always answer that is I, as I say, well, look, I researched you online and I see where you guys are and I see where you guys are going. The future trends are this because I read the articles or whatever. My experience is this, this, and this. I really love the work that I do. And I know that in this next uh, iteration that you're probably planning on building, or maybe they've demoed it, maybe they have it, I'm going to be a huge asset to help you get there and meet those goals and help make this better product. Yeah. So I focus on me for just a second and then turn it around and talk about my value to you as a company trying to meet whatever goal you're trying to meet. Yeah, I Any- think I agree, I agree with you. Um, and I would also say to like, be prepared to have ongoing, com- like try to try to try to set it up in the tone that, the conversation feels like it's going really well. Like there's a good back and forth in that because it is a conversation, right? Yes. Like you're saying, it's not one-sided so that the people that you're talking to feel like, oh, you know what? I really want to have another conversation with Ben. Like that was good. We were just starting to get things going. So let's let's have him come back and, and, and meet some more people and talk about some other things. What are your thoughts on doing a pre-exercise and, and or doing an on-the-spot random exercise on the whiteboard. I say it's a must because it's the only way to really understand how the person person's sort of thinking works. 100%. Uh, I've done both and I've, I've led both. So I think you're absolutely right. Uh, one of the things I always say is that people, people want to see your, your reactions. 
Like I, I met with a former student not too long ago, and um, I think he was saying something along the lines of in, in the exercise that they wanted him to come up with something, and he and he kept saying like, "Oh, I don't have enough information," and well, it depends on this and it depends on that. And I told him, I said, you know, the the, the reason that they did that is they wanted to see what your reaction might be in the actual job itself. And you gave it to them <laughs> by not doing anything. That's right. That's <laughs> so, right. So it really comes down to, um, to being able to, to I guess, at, well, ask the right questions, but also to just start, just get in there. And, and first of all, if it's a, if it's a whiteboard exercise, just start going to town, let that be an organic process of some kind, whether or not you're listing out what you need in order to get the project done. And then, you, you know, maybe you just, you just get a little distracted and you jump right into UI. And then you're like, you know what, I'd really like to talk to this person if they're a stakeholder to find out a little bit more about if this is even the right direction. And it just gives people a sense of like where your head is at as you go into that process. One of the games organically came out of teaching at GA was whose design is it anyway? <laughs> where That's you know, a good one. Oh, it's great. The The idea is we give you a problem to solve. It's random. Someone in the in the group says, fix flat tires. And then we give you three features, bits of functionality, but it's completely random. Must be biodegradable, must levitate, and must have a licorice carbon base. And, mm. it, and it is an Apple Watch. Mm. And it, the problem it solves is flat tires on a bicycle. Mm. And you have 10 minutes to solve it. Walk us through how it works. How does it work? That's cool. That's, that's really fun because you, you're, you're giving, you know, a good designer would be able to see that there are some good restraints in there. There's also a problem that's been stated. So there's so much there that you could just take and, and run with the, to start coming up with solutions. I don't know if I ever told you this. Did I ever tell you about the remote test? I don't know. I don't think so. I used to do this. I, I have to do this again. I, I lost the remotes, but I... I bought four TV, old TV remotes on eBay, I okay. guess from like the 80s. Yeah. One of them was a VCR remote. And when I would interview designers, one of the first things I would do is the remote test. And I'd be sitting across from the designer. Now, obviously, small talk's out of the way. How you doing? Tell me about yourself, blah, blah, blah. And I would say, oh, you know, I'm going to show you these four remotes. Um, can you tell me what the best remote is? Completely open-ended. And this is a this is a weird one, I think, because there's there's not a, really a right answer to what the best remote is. But what I'm looking is for like the way that they start describing the remote. For example, if one person is like, "Oh, I really like the color of this remote," I'm like, "Okay, you're a visual designer." But but then when you start hearing these things, people are like, "Oh, I love the way that the volume buttons here and the channel buttons are so close to each other." Because if I was holding it, I'd be using my thumb and this would be really good. Or you hear things like, there's not enough features on it. There needs to be more on here, you know? <laughs> and, and, it, and it's like, it just gives you like a really good insight. One, I interviewed one person with the remote test and, and he was, he literally said, I don't care. They're all fine. And I said, well, really? yeah. And I was like, well, if you had to like, you know, pick one, what would you do? And he said, oh, I just, I would take this one and I would just like put it on my guitar. And I was like, this makes no sense. Of course that person didn't get hired. But a lot of these interviews are just like challenging people to to respond in a way that's productive. Right. 
it's interesting to when people actually start to observe it and they're like, well, I wouldn't use this one because this is a, just just a VCR remote, you know. So then it starts to narrow down, and then you start to look at the form factors, and it's like, well, this one is shaped this way because the AA batteries are going up and down, so it's smaller. You can hold it in your hand, whereas this one requires four batteries and it's wider, and the buttons are farther away. Did you ever see the Google TV remote? Mm-mm. No room to put another button on this entire surface. Mm. Well, it's one of my favorite um, design principles, actually, which, mm. which is the um, – I think it's it's in that Universal Principles of Design book. It's like my favorite. It's a uh, flexibility, usability trade-off. The more options that are there, the more perceived complex it is, and then the less options, the, the less you know features it's perceived, but it's easier to use. So it's like you have to have that trade-off of functionality and control. You can't have too oh, much great. and you can't have too little. Sure. So in-person interview, how important is the follow-up to you? When I get a follow-up, I yeah. think it's common. I think it's it's good. I think you should always do the follow-up, even if it's great chat today. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, I always think that adding some personal flavor to the follow-up, maybe reiterate some things that were discussed in the original conversation to show that level of enthusiasm that you were paying attention and you are excited about something is important. It's, it's classy. It's really nice to get a follow-up. Email is the obvious. A long time ago, I got a follow-up uh, letter from a designer and it showed up on my desk and it was the only piece of mail I ever received <laughs> at the company. And I was like, that was so thoughtful. What an amazing, uh, you know, way to follow up so i think there's clever ways to do it but i think the, you know as long as it's personal and as long as it's um uh, professional i think uh you know being creative about it is is good emails are obviously the standard but i think you know you could you could go the extra mile if you want to send someone a note that's that's nice too but uh definitely not required that personal touch is yeah. always memorable it is. It is. I think it goes a long way, especially if you're interviewing a lot of people. I'm advising this one startup now, and they're looking for their first hire. And just to give you, and you, um, you know this, right? They've they've vetted 74 candidates. Oh my god! In terms of looking at portfolios, you know, it, it drills down a little bit, but looking at portfolios, phone screens, in-person interviews. Uh, so it is a lot of work to stand out in some way with a nice follow-up or uh, with a unique take on design or the way that you present your work is, is only going to help you. 